All right, uh, it's time to get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah is in ex- extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. And, of course, uh, David's visit on the big show is brought to you, as always, by our friends at the Murdoch Auto Group. He is the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. David Locke, what's going on, David? Not much. Is Kyle Winningham, do you think, of all the, like, unhappy coaches and general managers and whatever else is in the world, do you think Kyle Whittingham actually has won this game better than anyone? Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I 100% totally do. He's yeah. Uh, he, sorry, go ahead. Because you know who actually won it the most of anyone I've ever been around? Like, it's like, and I haven't been around, um, you know, I haven't been around everyone, but there's no question to me of all the years of my in, in watching and in person of what individual had the greatest balance ever about the job and was the least impacted to who he was as a person about the job and seemed to enjoy it more than anyone. There's no no debate. Lavelle mm-hmm. Edwards. 100%. Yeah. So did Kyle learn from Lavelle? And this is as close as you can get in the modern version with social network and all the pressures and everything else to living the life of Lavelle, and that's what Kyle's doing. That's a great point. That is a great point. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Sounds like a Salt Lake Tribune column to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can subscribe to get that. Okay, sorry. Well, there, you know, Lavelle used to talk about it all the time on these on these airwaves yeah. about, uh, you know, there's more to life than the, the rat race and the money and— and uh, he, he certainly valued it, I guess. Oh, yeah, is a good he was way to so put comfortable it. with who he was and what he'd done. And what, uh, it, it was really, David, I think we took him for granted. I, I really do. Even though we knew, we knew he was something special. But uh, yeah, if, if uh, Kyle has learned that lesson, then good on him. He owes Lavelle a lot. There's only three. There's only three stories you need to know about Lavelle Edwards. And like my like when I someone asked him about Lavelle. So the first is that. When I came back to Utah, so at this point he's retired and the stadium's named after him. <laughs> and there's a little boy in an elevator or at Lavelle Edwards Stadium and like the boys this kid's in the elevator. And so like the dad is going goo goo gaga because he's on the elevator with Lavelle Edwards. And Lavelle looks at the little boy and says, Hi, what's your name? My name's Lavelle. <laughs> really? Awesome. You're just unbelievable. Awesome. <laughs> and the other which I'm sure you you got all the time, Gordon, was when you called him at home. Hi, Patty and I aren't in right now. If you could just leave your message. Be back. That'd be great. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? You're revolutionizing offense and you're just going to be on your voicemail? <laughs> Hi, this is Lavelle. Patty and I aren't in right now. I remember one, the- t- one time I was in the car with him and we were driving up to his house and uh, as we were driving up, we were looking up at Rock Canyon, and Lavelle stopped, and there were a bunch of flowers and a bunch of vegetation, and he just stopped the car, and he said, look at that. Look at that. It's in the middle of the season, <laughs> you know? Awesome. Yeah, yeah, cool. The third one is, you know, we used to have the um, the Big Five Huddle, right? We were talking about actually. I, was, I don't. I don't know if you remember Wendy Carpenter used to write for the Salt Lake Tribune Sports. Um, she was actually out. Her, her her husband Frank Hughes used to write. It's one of my closest friends, and they were out. We were like reminiscing about stories. And we used to have the Big Five Huddle, like at that. I don't know, Diamond Lil still exists or wherever that place was. Like <laughs> holy smokes! Like 
Like, if that's still in business, like, wow. Um, but anyway, the only reason we had the Big Five huddle was because Lavelle knew that if he showed up somewhere, all the media would show up, and he wanted to let Dave Arslanian and Southern Utah and all them have publicity too, and so he built the Big Five huddle just so everybody else could get publicity. Like, who does that? Yeah. And Gary Croton shut the whole thing he down. He certainly did. Well, you can tell. That tells you all you need to know about those two. All right, David, let's talk a little jazz. It's certainly been a big week. Uh, Justin Zanuck uh, will take over the day-to-day operations. Dennis Lindsay moves into an advisory role. Your opinion? Is Justin doing his sh- is Dennis's show on the big show? That's what I need to know. Hey, we'd be down. We love interviewing uh, Justin not- Zanuck. He's great. And then if your average questions for a 22-minute show to Dennis was three, <laughs> <laughs> I, I what do you, you think your What do you think your average questions to Justin would be? Probably thirty. No, 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 no. I, I a, a, a few more, but Justin, he's thorough in his explanations. Like he's not, he's not throwing out one word answers. No, I, I would say filibustered like that. Nobody did on. like Dennis, but if, if the average was three, which is probably pretty close there, David, you you probably got that pretty dialed in. I'd say seven or eight. <laughs> you know. I think a little piece of Dennis will be upset if the Democrats destroy the filibuster for no political reasons at all. <laughs> Just only that he's one of the great it's filibusters a of all time. Yeah, it's a skill. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So what will change, David? What do you think? Uh, what does this mean? What, what's your best guess? I don't think there's any way to really know the answer to that um, with any, you know, you know, I, I just like, I, how would I know that? Right. Like I, if I'm being honest and I try to, I'd be making something up right now. So, um, you know, I think Ryan's going to have, as he should, right? Ryan spent a few billion dollars, you know? And, you know, if I go to a restaurant, spend a few hundred, like, I'd like to have, like, a certain level of, like, right? Like, if I'm going to spend a few billion, I think I should be able to have a say. So, um, it's just a crazy sentence right there. A few billion. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't know what it'll be, but Ryan's, you know, has his, his, you know, I think he's going to want to have a modern, um, um, advanced, um, progressive uh, organization that represents the forward, how, you know, the, the, the forward progress of our state. Um, and, you know, Dennis built a nice framework for him, him to build off on that. I, you know, that's an interesting point, David, uh, because I think that Ryan Smith's vision for this state, this community, is at a certain level that he he wants. And I wrote this that the, he wants the jazz. He thinks Utah's great, and he wants the jazz to be great, and uh, he really believes that stuff. And it's kind of this isn't some sort of backward little village out on the edge of the Wasatch here. This is. What what uh, Ryan Smith is projecting to be kind of a, a a business center, and he's very high on it. So there's two thoughts that I I have on that. I mean, and, and to some extent, this isn't that different at that time to Larry. So like when I used to do my weekly interviews with Larry, Larry would talk to me about the fact that he when he he went to the president of the church and asked like, is there a value to having an NBA team in Salt Lake? 
And the president, who I apologize, I don't remember who it was, said to him, I need you to come back to me and tell me that you can afford it before I, that you financially can handle this before you answer the question. When he came back and showed to him that he could financially handle it, the answer was yes. It's very important for us as a city and a church moving forward for us as a, you know, to have this in our community. And I think, so that was moving us. I mean, we didn't have like, you know, you kind of go back through Utah's key moments in history or Salt Lake's key moments in history, like Western Airlines actually having a hub was a pretty big moment, right? Like we used to not be able to get fresh fish flown into Salt Lake in the seventies, right? You like there were, you were eating at Diamond Lil's still. Gosh, I hope they're not in business. Um, that was a joke. Um, you know, I, you know, and, and so you, you didn't, this wasn't, you didn't have any globalization going on at all in this marketplace. It was, it it was its own little bubble. And then Western airlines comes. And then I think one of the most monumental moments in the history of the state is that Delta airlines buys Western, right? Like, well, now we've got a hub of a major airport and that suddenly leads to coupled with Larry leads to Salt Lake becoming the Olympic home and the Olympics lead to a completely beginning of a change of how people view our marketplace. And, you know, and that's coming up the jazz being in the finals, you know, seven or eight years prior to that or whatever it was. I can't do my math, but six uh, or four, whatever. Um, And I'm on a roll, you know, Germans bomb Pearl Harbor. Um, So, you know, I think when you look at these key moments in our state and our progression, Qualtrics, the sale by Qualtrics in Utah is one of those moments. And it's one of those moments because one of the magnitude of the sale, you know, I don't know the D, it's the largest, you know, sale of, you know, you, you know, I don't know all the parameters around it, but it also was a company that stayed in Utah, right? I can't, I can't guess how many times Ryan Smith was told, yeah, this is great. You're doing wonderful. You have to move to San Francisco or New York. Right? I'm sure he was told that a million times. He was like, you know, we're not doing that. We're doing it here. And he did it here. And now it has led to proof that you can have success here, which I think, you know, is is super important for the future of business here. And so he he now has the jazz as the piece of that puzzle that continues to send out the messaging and show who we are and take us into the next year and show that we're a place where you can do business. I mean, like one of the most incredible stories I know about Ryan Smith is, you know, basically people told him, well, you can't stay in Utah because you can't, you, know, you need a, women in your workforce. You can't get diverse and you can't get women. So I think what he did is he built like a 50,000 square foot daycare center on campus at Qualtrics so that if moms want women who wanted to come work or dads, frankly, wanted to come work and see their kids could go walk across the street and see him for lunch. Like the guy's a doer, right? Like, oh, you got a problem? I'm going to solve it. I'm going to do it here. And so I think this is, I don't know, when you think of just kind of Ryan Smith and the jazz and the next step, like this is, these are all, I don't know if I'm doing this very well. I wasn't particularly prepared for this. And like, I can hear Norma Pfeiffer, my ninth grade English teacher, telling me that I have too many ideas and they're not organized and I'm not putting them in the triangle into the three boxes, into the upside down triangle correctly with a thesis statement. But the thesis statement is that you have the jazz have always paralleled the progress of the state and been the cornerstone of it. So it's Larry 
back with the president of the church saying, yes, it's important. And then Utah, you know, getting Delta and then Utah getting the Olympics and the jazz were simultaneously rising up with Carl and bringing attention and John bringing attention to us. Well, the same thing's happening now. We've had this amazing business success. Silicon slopes is incredible. I think the number of unicorns in Silicon slopes is equal to or superior to Silicon Valley right now. And this is all taking place. And so the next step, frankly, for us is to let companies and businesses know that we're open and welcome to business, that we are not the stereotypes of the past. We're moving forward. That includes being more diverse and more progressive and being open for all types of people to live here and experience the greatness that is Utah. And that's what Ryan Smith is all about. David I, Norma Pfeiffer is pleased, the late, great Norma Pfeiffer is pleased with the last sentence. She's very, very disappointed in me in the convoluted mess that came before that. <laughs> David, I uh, want to switch gears a little bit. Uh, Brian Windhorst went on the Hoop Collective Shut the beep up. podcast. And, uh, no, we're uh, not talking. I mean, it's just crap. Well, like, okay. why? Why, why, well, I mean, like, why are we going to talk about this? Like, okay, you know what? I'm extremely concerned that Donovan Mitchell might want to leave, and I should be. And Milwaukee should have been extremely concerned about Giannis might want to leave, and he stayed. And Oklahoma City spent four years extremely concerned about Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, and they kept one and one went. That's the reality of this league. That's not newsworthy. That's just putting two names together in a sentence with one adjective so that you can get a bunch of beep and clickbait. Shut the beep up. Norma right. Pfeiffer did not approve of that. <laughs> uh, I think we got the message, though. I mean, I don't like I don't even like I don't want to kill Wendy entirely on it because it's like probably true. But I don't know that it's newsworthy. So maybe it's not his fault. Right. Maybe it's the fault of the ESPN guy who puts the YouTube thing up about on Bart uh, on Han and Scott that says Donovan Mitchell wants out of Utah. That was never said. But that gets, you know, YouTube's the number two search engine in the world. So that gets a lot of clicks. And I don't, and I don't mean to say like, I mean, I wish Wendy. I will say this about him, and I'll call him out on this into his face. I don't have a problem. Stop talking about how you hate about the fact that nobody ever talks about the games in the league, and they only talk about the stories when you're the one who does that. You're the you're the one of the biggest newsmakers in the in the country on the NBA, and you never talk about a game. So stop complaining about it. I, it's fine if you don't want to talk about a game. You don't have to in this league because we are the Ringling Brothers Circus of entertainment with the amount of storylines we have in the league. But don't sit there and complain about it. So stop with that. If I have to hear that crap. One more time on his podcast about, oh, no one ever talks about games because you don't. Zach Lowe has no problem talking about games. David Locke has no problem talking about games. The Locked On Podcast Network does the third biggest NBA show, and we have no problem talking about games. So you don't want to talk about games, so don't bitch about that anymore. So you want to talk about Dwayne Wade is extremely concerned that Donovan Mitchell might leave Utah. You know what? If Dwayne Wade is not extremely concerned about that, he's negligent. It's not newsworthy. It's negligence if he's not. We should all be extremely concerned. We're on the clock. We got two and a half, three years on a four-year deal to make sure that Donovan Mitchell believes that Ryan Smith is committed to winning in Utah and going to do all the things that are necessary and to support him as an athlete so that he can be as best he can be here. He's on the clock. Guess what, Jake Scott? If you had a 15 rating right now, or a 22 rating on your show. You know who would be on the clock? Ryan Smith. To make sure that you were happy. Right? Let's get there. Let's try it out. Let's find but out. Right? Like, what? It's just, it's, just, yeah. it's just not even a newsworthy comment to me. See, I, I, I don't know if I agree with that completely, David, because I think th there has been some expression of 
these things that you're talking about. And any time there is that, then it does stir up concern, if that's the right word. Well, and- whatever happened with us medically before game one was not good, right? Like, we can all admit that. It's not good to have your superstar player talking about how upset he was. It's not good to lose a 2-0 lead after losing a 3-1 lead. These are the realities of the league. Like, it's not anyone's fault. That's just the reality. So he's upset he didn't win the title this year. Like a lot of Jets Will fans. the Phoenix Suns be the worst team to win an NBA title ever? <laughs> That's quite a comment. No, it's, it's, it's undeniable, actually. There's not been a worse team since the 1979 Seattle Supersonics who did not have a first or second team all-NBA player on their roster who won an NBA title. I, I, I don't know this for a fact because I didn't look at Detroit, but I can't imagine that since Magic and Larry entered the league that we've had a single year in which a team won an NBA title without a first or second team all-star on the team. Did Devin Booker even make 13? No. So they don't have a first, second, or third team player on their league. Here's the real discussion. Here's the real discussion that should be had. But this would actually be talking about with games and what's happening on the court a little bit. So it'd be hard for some people. I'm bitter. Um, this will be the first time since 1980 that four different teams have won titles in four years. So in the modern era of the NBA, when it was actually good, right? Magic Larry Post, this has never, ever happened before. Since Magic and Larry entered the NBA, we have never had four champions in four years. That, to me, is the number one story that should be out here. The injuries are real, all these kind of things. But the number one story is that the collective bargaining agreement that was signed, whatever, six, seven years ago, may have actually permanently altered the competitive balance of this league in a manner that we have never seen before. What do you think would have happened if the Lakers had been completely healthy this year? I don't know that they would have won it. Their offense really wasn't that good. They run into a good defensive team. I'm not sure they win. How, how, I, mean, I think if everyone's completely healthy, and I've said it all year, I've said it on the show a ton of times, I took, like, trust me, I can go find every Twitter response to me. I, I thought the Clippers were the best team in the league all year, except for maybe one week where I thought Denver was the best team in the league right before Jamal Murray got hurt. When they added Aaron Gordon, and Gordon kind of supplemented himself into a third or fourth role, I was like, oh, wow, that, like, they, they might be. Because like, Paul Millsap was really giving them nothing, and then suddenly they were getting something out of that position. It, it changed who they were. So in that sense, I thought – um, in that sense, I thought that, so for maybe a week or two, I thought, wow, Denver might be the best team, but I thought the Clippers were the best team all year long. What do you think of the way the Clippers have played after the loss of Kawhi Leonard? Because it's, it's been impressive, David. <laughs> They're four and three without Kawhi Leonard against the two best teams in the West and without their starting center. So they're missing two of their five starters. And they're four and three against the two best teams in the West. To me, it 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 removes any doubt in my mind that the, that they were the best team in the NBA this year. Well, somebody who also had that opinion, I'm feeling pretty good about. Yeah, it. you sure did, <laughs> yeah, Jake. I did. Uh, David, yeah, I mean, I just and and I mean, I think there's some interesting. They've done some interesting roster things that are like worth kind of 
I did a whole analysis. I don't want to bore you with it on the Marcus Morris trade. I think the Marcus Morris trade at the trade deadline is like one of the most fascinating moves I've seen by a team. Like it, it tell it tells me a lot about roster building. And, and the, the general thesis is that there's a point where a player is worth far more to you than their market value. And you got to pay it. And too often, I think general managers get caught in a transaction where, wow, that's too much for him. Like, the, it doesn't, that seems like too much for that player. Like, they basically gave away three first round draft picks and Mo Harkless, who's pretty good for a player that's nominally better than Mo Harkless. But for them, it was the perfect fit player that allowed them to have roster versatility. And so that's like a lot to give up for him. And it was the right move. And then I think they've done some interesting things where they, were able to take, you know, Reggie Jackson, who was kind of, you know, just like no one wanted him and find a way for him to play as a complimentary player and somehow knew he would do that. Like it's great credit to Lawrence Frank and that front office. David, thank you very much as always for the visit. We appreciate it. All right. Talk to you soon. See you, buddy. Where's our friend David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Man, David was exercised today. Yeah, he had a lot, lot to lot going, a lot of energy, even for David. Like it, I do think the, the the Donovan Mitchell thing is is bigger than just sort of nothing. I, I I've been told by enough people who are informed that uh, it's nothing to scoff at, and I don't think David was saying it should be scoffed at because it is. He was saying know, it's life. He's saying it's it's that's not abnormal. Yeah, well, you got to please your stars in the NBA, but but I, I think there's. Maybe a little more to it than just somebody trying to stir things up. All right. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. Big Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.